What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. So uh, I have been playing a little game that goes by the name of Final Fantasy VII Remake because they gave it to me for free. <laughs> and uh, I, I am of two minds uh, in my early goings in this game. So ju- just for, for the sake of context, I believe I am in Chapter 3 right now. Uh, right now, I'm doing odd jobs around the Sector 7 slums. Mm. And so on one hand, there's a lot to like about this game. Battle system is good, but I already knew that because I have I played the demo. Um, the music is is excellent. Uh, it is the best uh, presentation that one could hope for of Final Fantasy VII, despite the voice acting being suspect in the same way that all Square games have suspect voice acting in some ways like like if, if barrett and, and I, I know we've talked about this before but if barrett was was a caricature of a black person in text oh, jesus christ he's even <laughs> he's even more so when 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 vocalized yeah um, he's like uh remember when uh no you're not a uh you're a footballsman but you're not a an american footballsman not anymore, say, but, but but you do, but you are aware of Ray Lewis. I mean, of course, you yeah. couldn't be right. Yeah. And 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 Barrett is very much Ray Lewis post football career, where he's <laughs> some pseudo preacher or whatever. <laughs> the planet cloud, cloud. We, if we don't do this for the planet, if we don't commit these acts of terrorism for the planet, who's gonna do it? I also find the game very interesting. So I, I'd like to know the experience of the person who played FF7 Remake without having played the original game. Because I really feel like that this game was developed with the knowledge of having played the original game in mind. Even early on with the changes that have been made to the story and how they're, how they're laying the breadcrumbs for things that will happen later. Like, like if you didn't play Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII before, like, there must be a lot of shit that you're really scratching your head about. <laughs> yeah, that ha- that ha- that happens, and I and I'd imagine the, that these things will happen continuously throughout throughout the entire game. Um, that said, and again, I know this has been talked about because because Mike had talked about this when he played the game last year. That said. If you want to talk about the shining example of padding out. A video game. I'm already seeing it in this game so far. And and again, I don't no one should be surprised by this when you're taking a section that in the original game took about five to six hours and you're extending it to a 40 hour experience. Like there's gonna definitely be some padding if you're adding, you know, like eight times more content than than the original game had, essentially. Um but man, like it's just kind of weird, like, you're like, oh, let's go door to door and meet people and change out water filters. And I'm just like, all right, like, I just, I kind of want to move on with the story, but I suppose if you're going to make me uh, walk around and talk to people, then uh, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Mingar portion of the original game to mm-hmm. begin with. Um, I think it's just because I'm burnt out on it because every time I replay that game, you have to play 
that part. Sure, and it gets cool as shit when you get to the Shinra building. And um, and again, I would presume that that's probably the the case in this game mm-hmm. as well. And I also will say that I enjoy the fleshing out of the overarching story, um, which they do in this game, like having Shinra. I, I don't remember Shinra um making the first attack like worse than it actually was in the original game. Yeah, Unless I'm misremembering Shinra, things. No, I think I think you 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 come to find out later that Shinra v- is very much in control of what is going on. Yeah, uh, you know, behind the scenes, like it's not it's not like, oh wow, that bomb was really big, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, it 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 gets it gets. Uh, it's a it's a weird game for people who have played the first one who mm. are like us and just kind of like Final Fantasy VII, but mm. like don't you know kneel at the altar of Final Fantasy VII. Um, y- you know, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse like being people, mm-hmm. like real actual people, is very cool. Like the changes that you find out later on are are actually really cool. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, yo, I'm ready to be out of Midgar. Right. <laughs> well, and that, and that's, that, that is the thing. So Final Fantasy seven is a game filled with really like exemplary moments, like whether like, like the, the gravity of those moments, you know, can be overstated in certain degrees because of the you know, how long the game's been around, but there, like, there's a lot of cool scenes that I'd be curious to see how you could put them together now. Um, but very few of them take place in Midgar. Like, like many of them are in other places in the world. And in all honesty, like we're probably going to get to experience very few of them because I would imagine that when they come out with the future iterations of this game, that they're probably going to be staying in, a general area for the most part. Like I don't see a lot of world traveling in the future yeah, iterations of the game. You, yeah. Wait till you get to the end. Like you absolutely won't see that. Yeah. Right? Like it is like the ending is set up in such a way where they can literally do anything they want now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be, I will be interested to see what they feel is important in in this version of final fantasy seven mm-hmm. in this world you know uh apparently you feel it's important uh <laughs> I, I i i don't see it like like uh, I, don't, I don't think you're gonna get to cruise you know i don't think you're gonna get to go up in a rocket ship in in this no. in this game to try no. to destroy a meteor so <laughs> like i don't i don't think that's gonna be a thing that happens like like do they cut out the golden saucer like, I mean, where, where do you fit it in? Right. Honestly. And, 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 <laughs> and everything that goes along with that part of the game as right. well, like, like, like going through the prison camp and really, you know, fleshing out Barrett's story and things that, yeah. What about, well. uh, what about, uh, Dean or Dine or whatever the hell his name is, yeah. uh, you know, Marlene's like real dad or, or whoever he was i don't i honestly i don't i don't even know because of what they're doing with the game because of how they change the story i don't even know if you necessarily if those beats like like is the game going to end inside of 
you know, like the polar vortex or whatever the fuck, you know, you go into <laughs> right. it. Then, like, like, is that even going to be a thing? Like, is Genova even going to be, you know, a long term factor outside of, you know, in in the Shinra lab or whatever? I don't know. Like, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's so. it, it's an it's an interesting conundrum. Um, but I'm going to continue playing it. It's it's cool. I don't know if I'm going to sit there and. You know, it, it like if the side missions are all like this kind of like running errands bullshit, like I don't know how much I'm here for that. But at the same time, it's an RPG. So I feel like if I don't if I don't uh, grind a little bit that it's going to it's going to be to my detriment later on. You should you should probably grind just a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know, if you've got enough money, mm-hmm. you can uh, you can essentially just kind of buy everything you need mm-hmm. and then. um. You can you can get through it like, well, some of the materia, if you have like a core set of materia, mm-hmm. then, you know, you might want to have doubles mm-hmm. in case you need to switch them off of people. But the fact that you could switch materia off of inactive party members and party and active party members and stuff like that, like you can you can get through it like you don't have to get all the summons or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, those are fun fights, but for the most part, they're not really needed. You can get through the game without them. And, um, like some of the later stuff is, is a real kick in the dick Mm -hmm. when spoiler alert, you fight Sephiroth Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. And some of that stuff is, is, can be annoying, but nah, you don't have to, there's a lot of fetch quests in there. You don't really have to do all them. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, too, the other problem for me is like, it's the ticking clock, right? Like, you know, I got to, whatever I do in this game has got to be done by mid May. (laughs) Um, and that, and that's if outriders is shit. Like a lot of folks that have had a lot of positive things to say about, you know, outriders from the, from the demo that they released. So if that's actually decent, but then again, that comes out like three weeks before mass specs. I can't imagine getting that and spending a lot of time (laughs) playing it. So we'll, We'll see what happens. But Final Fantasy Remake, it's cool. Um, it's it's fine. Like it's yeah, it, it's it is what it is. It's fine. It's fun. Yeah, it looks cool. Sounds good. Um, and that's really all I can ask for for right now. So so uh, can't wait for that uh, upgrade. Is it enough for you to buy? Oh that? no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Especially because they're going to charge you full price. It's not even like they're going to give you a discount. <laughs> Like if it was like twenty bucks to upgrade and get the expansion, and if the expansion was actually worthwhile content, maybe. Oh well, yeah, no, nah, come on, maybe. man. Twenty dollars for the for the free game. You got the game for free. Mm-hmm. You just will pay another twenty dollars for the upgrade and the expansion. Yeah, nah, nah, you ask him. Wait, no, not not from the company who couldn't bother to include a season pass with their Final Fantasy fifteen three hundred dollar collector's edition. <laughs> <laughs> no, not 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 from that company. I don't think this is this is the company that charges fifteen to twenty dollars for a mobile port of of your uh, Final Fantasy game that you're playing. Though that being said, if if this is kind of an uh, an indicator of things to come, and again, I so I haven't played fifteen, so I, so I'm not you know may, maybe maybe this has been the direction they've been headed. Like if this is an indication of things to come for like Final Fantasy sixteen, I'm actually tentatively. Uh, a bit excited to see whatever Final Fantasy 16 is because I like the trailer. I, I'm super excited for Final Fantasy 15. I'm more excited for Final Fantasy 16 mm-hmm. than I have been in a while. You know, uh, 13 didn't really do it for me. 14 was fun, but that's um, 
but that's a huge time commitment that I, I just do not have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 15, uh, 15 was, was entertaining. I, I enjoyed 15. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. I got a platinum in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not very hard to do, but it's, it's just tedious. Like you got to like how that game plays, but 16 looking like 14 and I have very good fond memories of 14. Uh, um, and being, and, and that world mm-hmm. I think is incredibly interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going back to like, it feels like more high fantasy and, and takes itself a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Like 15 was like an extended road trip with your buddies. I mean, yeah, he was a prince and all, and the world was at stake, but like, like nah, you know, you're eating a cup of noodle soup, and <laughs> you, you know you got your skillet out in front of a campfire, and I, you, you're driving around in a in a Rolls Royce or whatever. Like, it, it that's not it, it. It's it's weird. It's weird. So I'm super excited for 16. I can't wait to play it four years from now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, you you've asked me to guess. Yeah, how much so time I'm, you've invested into Bravely Default too so far? Yeah, so Bravely Default came out on um, on February twenty sixth, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been playing that game a lot. Mm-hmm. How long do you think I've been playing that game? Fifty hours, almost <laughs> forty four <laughs> hours and six minutes. Is is how long I've invested in that game, and I'm only in chapter three. I don't know how many chapters there are. What? <laughs> like the, I I enjoy this game, but the pacing in it is 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 just it has always been off, right? Like Bravely Default is there. It's it's a game that's not afraid to throw like boss battles, story related boss battles back to back. Oh no. And, and I just you, I I just googled how many chapters are in Bravely Default Two. <laughs> is it like three? No, no. Oh, all right, I was about to say, man. No, um, but it still makes me think that you're taking your time, unless the game really uh, does drag out that slowly. Uh, it, it look it might, man, because this game is like I said, the pacing is always off mm-hmm. because you have to. In order to be like super effective, mm-hmm. you got you really got to load these jobs up. And you really gotta like take your time in dungeons, and it gets to the point where like the game doesn't have random encounters, so you mm-hmm. can see all the enemies on screen. And if the enemies kind of have a reddish tint to them, then they are a challenge. And if if the if they're garbage mobs, they run away from you. Mm-hmm. So it gets to the point where you have to run and chase them down just so you can grind and so you can level. And um, I, I, uh, but I enjoy it because if you don't, you'll be like me f- who just had a, a, a boss battle for a whole last 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the, well, this was so I had a boss battle earlier today, and I don't know if I was prepared properly because I, it, but it, it got to a point where I was fighting a mage. And it mm-hmm. got to the point where the where the the boss who was a mage ran out of MP, mm-hmm. so they couldn't really do anything anymore. So I was like, "Oh wow, okay, finally, uh, I I won through a war of attrition." 
<laughs> you should you should have fed it like an ether or something just to just to make things yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, no, fuck that. <laughs> Especially with that that boss did no, screw that boss. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and I fight a, and and now I fight, I'm fighting another boss. I just finished it, and I was like, shit, like I, I must not be prepared because I fought him for an hour and I just quit because I'm like I I gotta I gotta run a new setup. And uh, I changed my, I changed my setup. I changed my my jobs, and and um, and because I thought I was, I thought I was pretty good, right? But mm-hmm. I, I changed my jobs, and then it just took me like twenty minutes, not even like like five like five ten minutes to beat the boss. So that's what I like about the game is that it is the boss battles are really fun, but there is no like set pattern mm-hmm. or as as black dudes from baltimore say pattern uh they pronounce the n at the end of pattern for some reason there is no set pattern for beating a boss mm-hmm. you just have to be set up in a in a way to use specific skills that might be able to defeat the boss and i've been doing that for a lot of bosses man like i gotta figure out i i play the boss to figure out the boss's like techniques mm-hmm. and and I try to win, but if it goes longer than if it goes longer than forty five minutes, like screw that. I gotta uh, I know how the boss plays and now I gotta mm-hmm. go back and and try again with a different setup. So it, but I look it's scratching that uh it's scratching that turn based itch for me. Well look I'm not gonna tell you how many chapters are in the game because I don't want you to kinda I I don't want you to know like where you're coming up in the story. But what I will say is that if your playtime is like a real playtime and you're not just going slow and you're in chapter three, then I'm never playing Bravely Default. <laughs> not ever. Um, but hey, a lot of value there for you folks that, uh, that, that are looking for a JRPG of that magnitude, I suppose. Uh, if you're not looking to sync time into Bravely Default 2. Then there's plenty of other games that came out this week. Uh, the newest expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online, Flames of Ambition, uh, comes to PC and Stadia. Uh, Apex Legends finally makes its debut on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, First Strike Classic comes to PC. Nightfall Hacker comes to PC. Cyanide and Happiness Freak Apocalypse comes to PC and Switch. I feel like there's some, there's some gimmick infringement going on there. Uh, Hyperscape <laughs> Season 3 Shadow Rising comes to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Monster Truck Championship comes to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X in Europe. Uh, Total War 3 Kingdoms Fates Divided, a DLC for Total War 3 Kingdoms, comes to PC. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 comes to PS5, Xbox One X, or Series X, and the Nintendo Switch. And Drive By, Drive B-U-Y, uh, comes to PC and Nintendo Switch. I uh, I did not know that there's a cyanide and happiness game. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually interested in seeing what that is. Well, there you um, go. Um, go to densepixels.com/slash/fans. Uh, doing that, you will uh, get an invite to our Discord. Um, Discord is uh, the method that we are uh, of choice, I guess. Moving to uh, that uh, that we would like to. That we would like to use because Facebook apparently keeps banning uh, all of you ne'er do wells um, 
who just have to to tell people off. Yeah, the um, uh, that that and that and the white supremacists ruin groups for the rest of us. <laughs> we can't have nice so, things because people are planning insurrections on social media. So, <laughs> so go to densepixels.com slash fans for that invite. Uh, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels for uh, uh, and subscribe to uh, see uh, Brad in his uh, N7 casual wear. Mm-hmm. Um, go, you can subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, such shows as The Nerd Apocalypse, uh, which we will be talking about WandaVision. You didn't watch any of that, did you? Um, zero black on- interest. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. I, I, I forgot who I was talking to for a second. Uh, black on Black Cinema, where we uh, reviewed Coming to America. Um, not Coming to America 2. Coming T-W-O America, because homonyms are funny, I guess. Um, uh, that episode will be up uh, very soon. Uh, coming Distractions, the uh, contemporary movie review podcast and the weekly preview episode of the look forward political podcast. Uh, once you do that, you're going to be like, wow, I wish these folks, uh, could talk about Seinfeld and action movies and James Bond movies and, and, uh, musicals and even more politics. Well, have I got good news for you for just $5 a month or $50 a year. By going to densepixels.com slash premium, you can sign up for the premium slate of podcasts, which include the airing of grievances, uh, the Seinfeld show, No Time to Bleed, the action movie review show, uh, the Men with the Golden Tongues, the James Bond movie review show, uh, and Spy, Spy, Espionage. Espionage. Show. <laughs> um, and Upstage Conversations, the musical uh, show. And the last hour of the Look Forward Political Podcast, which is, I guess they call that the the after party. Mm-hmm. They're they're trying to they're trying to uh, be as serious uh, and as upfront as they possibly can. Uh, and then behind the paywall, uh, you know, that's where that's where all the that's where all the the magic happens. Um, so yes, yeah, it's where it's where the most fun happens for sure. So. Absolutely. So we talked uh, we talked several months ago about the U.S. Navy uh, and the military in general, just kind of stepping in it on Twitch and over moderating and running into some some hot water on there, and they eventually stopped streaming. Well, the U.S. Navy's back. Uh, however, you still can't talk about war crimes in their Twitch chat now. To be to be uh, more fair to the Navy, they are reaching outside of their own uh, folks, I guess, and and reaching out to other like content creators and things of that nature. So I guess it's a little bit better. Um, but currently in chat with the U.S. Navy, you can only basically communicate through uh, emojis. Right now, you can't uh, you can't actually like type out regular text and and things of that nature. Um, Again, I don't know how comfortable I am having our tax dollars uh, being put towards advertising for the military through things like this. I guess they have the freedom to do such a thing, and if Twitch is going to allow it, then it is what it is. Um, 
but it's I don't know. I still don't feel great about it considering who much of the target audience on Twitch is. It's um it's always weird. One, Brad, get your politics out of my video games. This is your <laughs> fault. Um yeah, it it's like I understand what they're doing, mm-hmm. but like it's a recruitment tool. Yes. Like it it is a recruitment tool. Um and I never understand and and it's it's weird because if you have any type of criticism, no matter how reasonable or how or ridiculous, you you know, people want to people want to label you as unpatriotic and un-American. Why do you hate our troops and all that? And it's it's a fight that it, 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 one it's an it's a weak argument and and two like I I I wonder who like Twitch Twitch would look bad if they shut if they shut this down right mm-hmm. and said that you know we don't want any type of you know military agency or anything like that to be to use this as a platform for whatever reason mm-hmm. but. Like it's a double-edged sword, man. Like you, if you if you do that, then then you know Twitch hates America, right? But if you don't, you get reasonable people who are like, well, you know, maybe let's not like maybe let's not like this is the new having the having the recruiter at the schools, mm-hmm. and uh, it just it just doesn't sit well with me, man. It it, it really doesn't. Yeah. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how they continue to moderate their Twitch channel going forward. Um, But, yeah, they're back. So, we got that going for us. Um, Micah, you'll be happy to know that uh, that Strauss Zelnick, the CEO of Take-Two Games, uh, a man who I have to imagine is worth tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, considering the success of his video game company, uh, has decided... That all of us commoners are ready for $70 video games. So he was uh he was talking at the Morgan Stanley Technology Media and Telecom Conference. Uh and he they they he was talking about, you know, take 2K was the first publisher that announced they were gonna do $70 games. And here's what he had to say about it. Uh, I'm quoting Strauss. Now, we announced the $70 price point for NBA 2K21. Our view is that we're offering an array of extraordinary experiences, lots of replayability, and the last time there was a frontline price increase in the U.S. was 2005 and 2006, so we think consumers were ready for it. Uh, He's also said that we haven't said anything about pricing other titles so far, and we tend to make announcements on a title-by-title basis, but I think our view is that we always want to deliver more value than what we charge, making sure the consumer has the experience, uh, and the experience of paying for it both are positive experiences. What a... (laughs) Your corporate speak is so funny to me, man. Like, the... The we want to make sure that your experience of giving us money is positive for you. Uh, it, it it's it's quite literally a negative. Yeah, and it's, and here and here's into my bank account. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. So he talks about wanting to make it worth the value and whether so. Like let's take two K twenty one 
for example, because that's the you know example that's being given by him here. So what NBA 2K21 is worth is going to differ from person to person, right? Like some people think it's worth $60. Some people would gladly pay more and do because of the different editions that come out. Some people don't buy it till it's on sale. So they don't think it's worth that much. 2K is telling you that the PS5 version of NBA 2K21 is worth $10 more than the PS4 version. And you'll have to forgive me because I'm not up on my 2K feature and benefits uh, at this point. But to my knowledge, the only difference in the PS5 version is the better graphics and, you know, like the ray tracing stuff and the fact that Zion Williamson looks like he's swimming when he's playing basketball because there's so much sweat on him uh, that it's insane. Um, But as far as I know, the features of the game are the same. The modes in the game are the same. You're still getting a full-fledged experience. It just costs more on the next-gen system because more resources had to be allocated to its development, which is fine. But just say that, like, don't sit here and be like, we're providing you with more value. You're kind of not like you're just putting the same game out on both consoles, but one just costs more. And there are, and again, as far as I know, and people can certainly correct me if I'm wrong from a feature set standpoint, they're identical. Yeah, I believe you're right. And, um, yeah, I, I also agree that if just say, this is what we're going to charge, right? Like. You don't have to, and look, I get it. I get it. Uh, you don't, I'm not here to, to, to beat the drum for, you know, the consumer, um, you know, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, like you got the nerve to charge 10 more dollars. Like, uh, look, I get it. I know how this world works. Um, but at the same time, like, don't all, all of this, like, you know, we want to make this a positive experience. And I like, nah, man, like, just tell me this is what it cost. Like you don't go to, you don't go to a grocery store and you know, you realize, Oh, your gallon of milk went up a dollar mm-hmm. and, and need an explanation for it. Right. And, so, and well, and, and here's another thing too. So like, if you are, let's just hypothetically say that Sony comes out with, like an uncharted five right and it's 70 bucks on ps5 but obviously besides better graphics like you get you know better better soundscapes with the 3d audio feature of the playstation and of course fantastic loading times because you're playing it off an ssd and maybe the game's even longer than uncharted 4 is i don't know but that is providing more value and you're also providing a complete experience by the way don't not not to forget with NBA 2K, not only are you charging more money, but your game is also riddled with microtransactions that people will gladly fork over a, even more money for at the end of the day. So really, truly, at the end of the day, all you're doing is is hitting people with a ten dollar surcharge, which, like you said, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But don't piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining. Like, yeah. just be like, hey, next gen games for us are going to cost seventy dollars because of the additional resources needed to develop them. And that's fine. Like, and, and like, I don't, I don't even think you'd get a backlash for that. I really don't like Like I feel like people would be like, okay, yeah, that's understandable. You'd get, you'd get a, you'd get a backlash from like the, the fringe left, Mm -hmm. but like most people get it. 
most people most people get it uh it happened it's happened uh damn near every console generation sure and, you know I, I i understand your analogy would be like don't piss on my leg and tell me it's a positive experience <laughs> <laughs> like I, th- I think like, I think I think you got us a show title for the week. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would I would re- I would actually respect you more, right? And, I, I but but here and he, but here's the thing though: if you want to make a seventy dollars video game price, that's fine. But now you are now you're putting the perception out there that oh, this game has to be worth more ten dollars more than games last generation were. So you better deliver on a better experience you, you you better whether it's fair or not you have to validate that additional cost yeah because if you're if you're playing both of them side by side or you know if if the if 2k21 on ps4 is playable on ps5 right then i okay the 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 ten dollars doesn't like and they're the same experience. It's just that one of them has, uh, you know, is 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 upresed or whatever. Like then the 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 ten dollars is is negligible. Then you make people question. Well, why am I paying this extra ten dollars? Right, and we and we've already seen. I don't, I don't know if backlash is the right word, but we've already seen. You know, like take a game like Godfall for example. Like Godfall was a, you know, not quite a launch title, but close enough. For PS5, and that game was $70 when it came out, and that game just was not worth $70. Like, I don't care how pretty it is or how fun it is to play. Like, there wasn't enough content in the game. There wasn't enough of a gameplay loop for what it was trying to be. Um, And it just wasn't a good experience, and not a lot of people bought it. And you saw discounts happening on that game immediately because they realized that they overshot charging $70 for that game. And, again, that's going to be your price of entry. That's fine, but you have to make games that that are worth that cost of entry. If yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna put it at that price. And and again, the PS3 generation, which is where we first saw those price increases as well, they had the same issues, they had the same problems. Layer was sixty dollars when when that game came out, so was Ridge Racer six, so was Genji, so were a bunch of other games that certainly weren't worth sixty bucks. Uh and PS3 struggled out of the gate. Uh Microsoft a little bit less so because but they were also the only game in town at the time when they when they yeah. first released the three sixty. So um Speaking of politics and video games, so you previously alluded to Micah, uh, the publisher of the upcoming Six Days in Fallujah, which we just talked about a couple weeks ago, now says that the events in <laughs> that are recreated in the game are inseparable from politics, which is a complete 180 degree uh, reversal from their stance a couple weeks ago that their game does not dabble into politics at all, which of course, as we pointed out at the time, was an utterly ridiculous stance to take i mean come on man come on come on you're 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 essentially naming it after a conflict right like Mm -hmm. and a questionable one at best right like it just doesn't i don't know man you could you could do so much you can like if this is just about telling a story Mm -hmm. You can you can place it anywhere. Like I understand you want to use it and like use real world situations and stuff like that. Like, but we're not like it's not like World War II where we are uh, far removed from it. We are we are damn near three generations removed from. Um, and 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 you know everyone uses World War II 
because there were clear heroes and villains in that, man. Like it, it's, it's easy. You have to have such a deft hand at storytelling to even talk about something like this mm-hmm. in, in, in the, in a medium of entertainment. And video games ain't there yet. No, they're they're there. And, and uh, well, to be to be fair, I, I'm sure there's some scribes uh, in video games that have the ability to do that. But a, I'd be shocked if any of them were just happened to be working at you know this one developer here. <laughs> not not to just not to cast aspersions on anyone that works for this studio, but. You know, just the the odds are not in their favor. Uh, and B, like still, like even if you do have a well-written premise, like translating that to an interactive medium is incredibly difficult to do yeah, in, in, a, in a manner that, that that has the necessary like nuance and, and things that you need to be able to to tell this story in a way that's honest uh, without being exploitative. Right. Like there's always the X factor of the person controlling the action. And it just doesn't like, like look at that. No Russian thing from Mm -hmm. call of duty. Right. Like I bet when they wrote that, they were like Pat, they were breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back. Right. right? Because they're subverting expectations of what this call of duty thing is. Right. If I remember correctly, you're an undercover agent and Mm -hmm. you have the option to, kill all these innocent people or or not but it it doesn't the if you do or if you don't it doesn't affect the story either way mm-hmm. it's just whatever the person is like it's it's very weird like like rockstar can't do it right like mm-hmm. like look at the red dead games the red dead games have protagonists that are generally nice guys like on the alignment chart, they're on the good, the gooder side of the alignment chart. You can't have like John Marston is a great character, but if the player is controlling John Marston, he could take a woman, rope her up, and throw her on train tracks, <laughs> and 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 then go around and talk about how he loves his wife and his kid, and and like it just doesn't it doesn't work. So I. I just I just find it weird, man. Yeah. I just find it weird. So apparently the way that they're going to kind of tell the real story, I guess, of the conflict is through these different like documentary segments that are going to be in the game, uh, which will be interesting as well uh, to see how they how they interlace that in as well. And they even so they even make it a point to mention. So one of the one of the many controversial aspects of the conflict in Iraq is the use of white phosphorus as a weapon. Um, and they're like, well, we don't let you do this in the game, like during gameplay, but then it's use is described during the documentary segments, which is funny because there was a game that came out 10 years ago, which was able to tell a good story about the effects of, you know, certain like, extreme measures in combat like white phosphorus, for example, that had nothing to do with the Iraq war. It was a fictional story, but it was still excellent. Like, and one of the best mechanisms of storytelling, especially in a military context. And I'm talking of course about spec ops, the line, which is a game 
you know, that's well known for telling a very good story. And I think that they had a little bit more flexibility to do that because what the story they were telling was not based on a real life conflict. It was clearly inspired by, you know, many real life conflicts, but they weren't beholden to having to, to tell history, which again, when you're, when you're telling history, no matter how much you try to remain unbiased, it's impossible to approach it without some biases in the, in the framing that, that you're telling. Yeah. It just isn't. Um, so like I said, I'm, I'm glad that they, uh, woke up and smelled the coffee, uh, on the fact that their political, their, their game about a controversial war, uh, that's still technically ongoing uh, is actually going to have some political ramifications or, or, or at least have the, have the air of politics over top of it. Um, so good that they uh, are not that's that detached from reality that they could come around on the statement. Uh, finally, Microsoft has completed their acquisition of Bethesda. And now according to Phil Spencer, uh, he is saying that some future Bethesda games will be exclusive to the Xbox and PC platforms. To which I say, no shit. Yeah, Phil like, I mean, come on, <laughs> like you're not gonna, yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna throw all this money around and then just let everybody like profit. Like, no, nah, yo, no, no, no. God, some I would make all of them exclusive. Uh, I, I, you know, after uh, Death Proof is out, or whatever the, the hell that game is called, uh, every single Bethesda game you can only buy on a Microsoft system or PC. It's, Which, it's, it's, by the way, people only buy them on PC or uh, an Xbox if they're, you know, if they're console gamers anyway, right? Like, like, yeah, well, people, yes, yes, and no. Like, so I think that was true when like Elder Scrolls V came out. For sure, like because and partially because the PlayStation version was a hot mess, garbage. You know when it first released, um, I I don't think that that's the case. Like I, you'd have to look at their sale numbers. Remember, Bethesda encompasses a lot more companies besides Bethesda Game Studios. Like you have ID, you have Zenimax, you have Arcane, you have you know a bunch of other studios as well. And I had to imagine that in the PS4, Xbox One generation, that a lot of their sales on console specifically came on the PlayStation side of things as well. So it's an interesting conundrum. We've talked, we touched on it a little bit before. Do you gate those things behind exclusivity? Which, if the, if there's like like Bethesda is one of the few companies in the world that could actually drive people to purchase your platform if they weren't planning on doing it already, right? Like if they're a console gamer, um, there's certainly enough people that like Bethesda games that would they would buy an Xbox just to play those. Um, but at the same time. PlayStation 5, as far as we know, and we don't know much yet, but as far as we know, is out in front again, this console generation. Does it make sense to gate off that marketplace for your biggest titles? So I don't I don't know that that they're gonna make like Elder Scrolls 6 exclusive. I don't necessarily know that they're gonna make Starfield exclusive, though if you were gonna do it, um doing it with a new IP um yeah. is probably a smart way to go. Um and I don't. I wouldn't like Indiana Jones. That's tougher, right? That that's that's a more difficult uh, one one to parse out as far no, as that I, goes. I I mean, it's a new IP, but right. 
It's based off of a legendary IP. Correct. So, uh, you know, no, you got you to gotta make Indiana Jones multi-platform. Yeah. And then whatever the next Fallout is, again, do you exclude PlayStation from that? I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if it makes sense to. It's, it's an interesting question to have to ask. Um, be interesting to almost see how much DLC gets loaded into these games now, considering that Microsoft will be getting a direct, uh, direct cut from all of it, regardless of which platform it's sold on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this this makes sense. Uh, I would expect to see certainly some lesser titles. Uh, uh, lesser titles is, is an, an assy way to say that. I would I would expect to see some smaller or lesser known titles definitely be exclusive. I I would be a little surprised if they gated the big ones like like the huge releases behind that. Do um, hmm. I'm 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 going through all of their. Uh I'm going through all of their. I mean, look, they can they'll they'll do what they do for most multi-platform games, right? Like mm-hmm. the big releases, plays better on Xbox. And and I mean? honestly, to be fair, that claim is pretty true now. I mean, just I mean, just, I mean, it, just because of Game Pass, right? Like just because of Game Pass, that all these games are going to be available on Game Pass when they release. So if you already own an Xbox. And you're already paying for Game Pass anyway. It's not going to cost you anything extra, which is oh, a pretty good right. value yeah. proposition. So I totally forgot that all of these games are going to be day and date. Yeah. So I mean that that's a pretty big deal. Uh, shit. Yeah. 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 Because you can you can urge people to get Game Pass. You're you're real money maker. I I need to know how companies make money. How uh, companies make money by agreeing to have their game on Game Pass? I, so I'd, I'd have to imagine, and and there's probably some some like like you know voodoo economics going on with it, but I'd have to imagine that Microsoft has to have some way to estimate how many copies they would have sold if not for putting it on Game Pass, mm-hmm. and then negotiate like a licensing fee of sorts are based somewhere around that that number with the company that yeah. that that's what i have to imagine and i'd have to imagine as well that it's like probably less than like google paid to get like red dead redemption 2 on stadia and, stuff, and things of that nature it's tough yeah. right like and and like these these publishers have their analysts as well um to be able to look in these things and i suppose it's also different for their games um, since Microsoft owns Bethesda now, like this wouldn't really factor into the equation, right? Like, because this is technically a first party title now at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd imagine with third party games that they have to negotiate some kind of fee and it's based around, you know, what, what it would have sold essentially. Yeah. If you can I'm, get, I'm, guess made that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really curious. Um, because yeah, like Game Pass is, I mean, there's 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 nothing on it right now that I want to play. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, the fact that I can play all these games, like I I have to check my Microsoft account to see how much money I have in there. Yeah, still because I still have it, but I don't use it as much. I mean, it it could also be based off of like hours played, right? So like, if you have Game Pass, like so Microsoft knows how much revenue they generate from game pass in a month. Right. And I'm sure that they keep a cut of that. Let's say it's 30% just because that's how much they get for downloadable content. So let's say out of the chunk that's left, 
they can they they can see how many hours each of the games that are on Game Pass were played, and then they can divvy out that money to those publishers like as a percentage. Like you know your your you know your game constituted five percent of all hours played, so here's five percent of this you know of this money that we got essentially for Game Pass. If that makes sense. So perhaps it's like a running instead of a flat fee, it's like a running thing based on usage. I mean, that would I guess that would make sense for the developer. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine this big corporation would do something like that. I would I would I would like to think that they would be like, hey, we're gonna we're not gonna give you back end money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna we're gonna pay you we're gonna pay you what we think your game is worth in totality. Mm-hmm. And that, especially with smaller developers, like that's how you can give us get that's if you're a smaller developer, you can get some quick cash sure. to try and develop your big game. But you know, maybe and, and because I usually don't see like really big games on Game Pass, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, unless they're Microsoft first party games, or unless they're or unless they're older, like they've been out for a while, and they've already made yeah, their, the, they've already exactly, made their money, like, right? Exactly, like they had, they would have have to have been out for a while. Your point, uh, your point of the small developers is a good one because especially for those guys, when you don't know how successful right. a game is going to be, like a bird in the hand is often better than two in the bush. Right. So, you know, if you can take guaranteed money and like you said, like that's money that they have up front to be able to put towards the next project in a lot of ways. Yeah. So certainly could see that as well. It's very interesting, man. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I I wish the I wish the economics of the industry were more transparent because I have always found the business side of the game industry to be incredibly interesting. Um, but I guess it can't be transparent just because of the nature of the business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ways, we don't want to so. we don't want to tell you how how much of a positive experience you're going to have. Uh, that's how we that's that's how when we set this price point ten dollars more. Like, if it's such a positive experience, why not set it fifteen dollars more? Then it'll be really positive. I so I I predict we're gonna get an eighty dollar game at some point during this generation, not like a special edition, uh, eighty dollar like base a, game. Yeah, like a like a base eighty dollar purchase. But it's gonna be something. It but it's gonna be something that's like, like the, like you could you could easily put like two hundred fifty hours into this game without blinking an eye, kind of thing. Yeah, and it's I I feel like it's got to be something that's I uh, you know not even necessarily uh, uh, an existing IP mm-hmm. like a beloved IP that people will that people will of course I'll pay eighty dollars yeah. for Mass Effect Four or whatever right so like, so not Marvel Avengers two is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost wanted to talk about that but not like nah, yo, fuck that game, fuck <laughs> that game. they're making they're making the grind more grindier because they're like oh well if we 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 have people leveling up too fast and it could be confusing with all of the options that they have for it's so, performing moves. It's so funny because like we just talked about Anthem last week and now that Anthem's <laughs> out of the picture, it's like Marvel Avengers like, well, we'll go ahead and take Anthem's place. <laughs> it's the game that's, that's doomed to be on the, the scrap pile of the live service heap. <laughs> Next. Oh my God, man. Uh, look, speaking of, uh, money finances, 
uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon uh, and make all your Amazon purchases there, uh, we get a finder's fee. You don't pay anything extra. And uh, you help us out with that finder's fee. Every little bit helps. It is literally the easiest way to support uh, the shows that you like to listen to. Um, my wife uh, has, I have to see if my wife has been going on using the, the link because she's always buying something. <laughs> and like we got, I shit you not, we got no less than five packages today mm-hmm. from three separate orders. And it, it, which means that she bought them all within two days. Yeah. It's uh it it's a bit ridiculous. Well, like I said, I, I I've been enjoying uh buying books through densepixels.com slash Amazon because I've been reading a lot lately. And that's uh-huh. the easiest way to get them to put up my Kindle. There you go. So I have a lot of friends who still like reading like paper books. And I don't I love understand reading paper books. Huh? I love I love reading paper books. If they're if unless they're like comic books, if they're comic books, mm-hmm. I'll use uh my iPad. But if it's anything other than comic books, I will I will I will go to to densepixels.com slash Amazon and I will buy a paper book in uh in a heartbeat. I yeah, I just the, the technology's too good and, and the and the ink displays like give you the give you the, the, the look of a book. <laughs> they don't give you the smell of a book. No, they don't give Am you the, the smell. Only? You're right, you're yeah. right about you're right about that. They don't give you the smell, but but they give you the look. Uh it's cheaper and you have built in light. So you don't have to have like yeah. book light if you're reading in the dark. So like, it's all good. Um, but there are, I've have so many friends that are just like cling to their books and they, they don't take up as much space. You know, books yeah. are nothing. Yeah. Books right. are, books are nothing. They're not, you don't have to sit them on a bookshelf or nothing, even though like a bookshelf looks cool with all your books on it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny how people are with some things. Look, I get it, man. I get it. I got a bajillion. This I have two iPads (laughs) because I'm an idiot when it comes to money. This iPad is dedicated specifically to comic books, and the other one is when I want to like do work or watch movies or whatever. Yeah, and I have a bajillion of them on here, and I can't. uh, But for some reason, like I can't use this to read a book. I did to read a novel. Now, funnily, I'm the exact opposite for the few comics that I own. Like, I like to actually have them in like <laughs> regular form, like my Mass Effect Omnibus. Like, I'm going to – I got I got to have it in hand. And that, and they have the complete one too, by the way, that has both Omnibuses on on sale on densepixels.com slash Amazon right now. There you go. For $27. That was probably the longest Amazon read that we, I think we've ever done <laughs> in the history of the show. Um, I'll tell you something that you're probably not going to be able to buy on densepixels.com slash Amazon for several months after it releases because it's going to be sold out constantly. Uh, the 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 forthcoming, reportedly, new Nintendo Switch model uh, that has, of course, been dubbed the Nintendo Switch Pro by, by folks. Uh, Bloomberg, and by Bloomberg, we, of course, mean Jason Schreier, uh, published a report last week ta- with details on the new system. So here's what the new Switch is reported uh, to have hardware-wise. So a 7-inch display with an OLED panel from Samsung. So that that's nice. You get some nice colors and stuff on there. Uh, it's going to ship with 4K 
ultra high definition graphics when paired with a TV. Uh, but the resolution of the screen when in handheld mode is 720p, the same as the existing Nintendo Switch console. So bigger screen, OLED panel, which means which is good for the color palette that you have available to you. 4K on the TV, but no resolution upgrade in handheld mode. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that makes the Switch uh, unique, right? Yeah. And um, one, I don't necessarily need, I don't think I, I don't think I need a bigger screen. Like the Switch is pretty big in and of itself. I wouldn't mind a bigger screen. It, w- it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt me to have it. What is it? Uh, it's, it's, five, it's like five. No, it's like, I think, I think the current Nintendo switch screen is like 5.7 inches. If I'm not, if, if I remember my, my specs correctly, uh, from when the system was first announced, Mike is actually bringing out a tape measure and his Nintendo switch. So he can, me- me- now remember Micah, you gotta measure the diagonal. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is a four inch screen. Like, no, guys, come on, come on. About six and a half. Oh, okay. I was way off then. What now? Now are you going? Are you are you measuring along the bezels? Or are you measuring the actual no, I'm like measuring the, the actual the actual like the the the, from, the money the money on the yeah. screen? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not on the uh, I'm not on the I'm not on the sides. I'm I'm measuring you know the and it looks like it's six and a half. Okay, so so not a huge not a huge upgrade then in terms of size. In that regard. It's not a huge upgrade, but it, but it, but the actual screen itself, like if you, if you measure, if you measure from not where the screen is, but from where the black border is mm-hmm. on, from one end to the other end, that's about seven inches. Okay. So it'd be about that size then. And they, and I guess right. they'd have to keep that same shape if, if you're trying to do a, you know, like a widescreen ratio. Um, right. I, I, I don't get putting out a new system, which is going to be more expensive and you're not upgrading the base resolution of the console, especially because we know that men, most people who play the switch, like experience it not only in handheld mode, the majority of the time, some people use it in handheld mode exclusively. Like some people don't even hook up to their television. Yeah, and, they released a whole ass system right. based on that fact. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent correct. Which I happen to have right here. <laughs> so, like, 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 yeah, they literally made this because they're like, oh my god, so many people play it just in handheld mode that we can make a cheaper version without the dock. And I think that's great. But if you're not going to upgrade the resolution on the handheld mode, then is it really worth paying an extra probably four hundred dollars? To get this new yeah. console, like I, like, like what what else are you doing? Like, like, and obviously, like this is just reporting that we have from from Bloomberg on this, and we we don't have all the details yet. Um, I, I would need to see more upgrades under the hood, uh, if you are going to, you know, if to justify to me to pay that premium cost to to upgrade yeah. the console. Um, so we'll see. The report says that it it should be expected by this holiday season. Uh, which is interesting as well. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I, like I was this news was unsurprising until I got to the 720p part. I'm like, what's the fucking point? Like, why, why, why are you bothering? I mean, maybe it's like literally not for 
Like maybe it's just literally like, what if they, what if they pull the old switches from the market mm-hmm. only to sell this new one? Right. I could see that. Um, and, and so here's, here's where it would benefit them. It would benefit them in keeping up with Joneses with PlayStation because now third party games will at least be like close to being on par with the PlayStation and Xbox counterparts mm-hmm. with that 4k upgrade. But again, it's only on the TV mode. So, so then I want, I wonder if you have certain games, well, I guess any game can be down It's only up that you run into a problem. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, interesting uh, report that came out on yeah. here. I'd, I want to know more. I want to know more for sure. Uh, we go to the post office. Gustavo says, are you guys keeping up with the Premier League? And by you guys, he means obviously not me because <laughs> he knows I'm keeping up with the Premier League um, because obviously Tottenham is my, is my club. Uh, and Tottenham hasn't been doing so great the second half of the season. Um, let's see. So Micah Chelsea currently sits fourth in the table, uh, hanging on to a Champions League position. I don't remember what you predict what 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 you predicted in that. Uh I think I predicted like five yeah. or within five. Uh Terrence's uh, beloved Leicester City currently sits third inexplicably, uh despite being not fantastic this year. Uh and Carrie and Newcastle currently sit sixteenth, which I think I think I predicted uh fifteenth for her for Newcastle. Uh so that's a pretty good look there right now. Uh, Spurs sit seventh. I think I predicted them for sixth. Uh, so as much as I don't want to be looking good for this right now, because I'd certainly like them to be much higher in the table, uh, they're currently sitting at seventh. Uh, though they're, they're they're showing signs of warming up, which is, which is encouraging. Um, so I'm, hope, I'm hoping for a, a huge surge up the table to at least make it back into the Champions League. Uh, or barring qualifying for Champions League outright, uh, perhaps Spurs will win the Europa League this season, and wouldn't that be a treat? So, uh, but yes, of course, keeping up with with the Prem, as it were. Uh, Kasa Mako Oku, which I probably ba- badly mispronounced, uh, ask, "What's an upgrade in a game like a new weapon or power up that completely changed things for you for the better?" Um. I, 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 when you get, uh, like when you get, um, whatever the BFG is for the game that you are playing, mm-hmm. um, I remember in Resident Evil when you like, when you beat it to the point where you like literally have no reason to play it anymore other than the fact that you want to play it for Resident Evil five, you got, uh, Chris got the hand cannon, mm-hmm. um, which could literally just annihilate three zombies in a row. Like if they were all like in a conga line, you could just bust off and just and and just take them out. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking of like games like Metroid, where each, but. The games are designed for that right. specifically. You know what I mean? So one so one I can think of, um, and it varies from game to game, but for the most part, it's a huge upgrade over where you were before. Like in, in any Zelda game, when you get the Master Sword, 
Um, that's usually a pretty big step up in terms of uh, attack power. But uh, I, and all of them except for maybe the last one because mm-hmm. you can go through the game without getting it. Like that's a part of the story. It is. I mean? It is. But they still make it. Still makes you feel powerful once you get it. For sure, yeah. like super powerful. Um, the the Beowulf aspect uh, in Hades on the shield made me a fucking monster in that game for a brief period of time. <laughs> Once I unlocked that and started started leveling it up a little bit, um, I have to play that game. And apparently, uh, the, the, a game that came out recently called Curse of the Dead Gods uh, is in a similar vein as Hades, but different enough uh, to warrant owning both. And I've heard it's very good. Um, so that might be next on my list of games to check out. Um, but yeah, th- th- those are those are two that come to mind uh, right away. Um, I can also tell you that getting the stealth camouflage uh, item in the original Metal Gear Solid when you beat the game, uh, letting Meryl die, makes that next playthrough incredibly funny and fun <laughs> to just like walk up to guards and punch them, but they can't see you, so they're just like kind of trying to freak out, wondering what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so that that that's just a fun upgrade, or. Also in MGS one, when you get the bandana, it, when you beat it saving Meryl, you can and you get unlimited ammunition. You can just go like murking everything in sight. Like that game is not meant to be played as a third as a third person shooter or a top down shooter, but it becomes one when you don't have to worry about your ammunition supply. So, <laughs> so that, that, those were fun. And like I said, one of the few games I've ever replayed immediately after finishing it was uh, was the original MGS. So. Uh, Cam says, did the finish of AEW's revolution replace Shockmaster's entrance on the biggest embarrassments in wrestling history? So I, I, I read about this. Um, obviously I didn't buy the pay-per-view cause yeah, I'm not, I'm not, an, 50, not an idiot. For, so, uh, for so, so the concept for those unaware is that John Moxley, nay, uh, Dean Ambrose and Kenny Omega, uh, fought for the AEW world title in an exploding barbed wire death match uh, with a timer that the ring was set to explode after 30 minutes. Okay. So the match happens. It's, it's brutal and gross. And like I said, I don't, I'm not really a big, I'm not really here for hardcore matches anymore at this point. Um, But some, but John Moxley gets handcuffed in the, in the center of the ring. Um, and he can't escape, and the timer's about to run out. And one Eddie, uh, I think it's Eddie Kingston Eddie, is the guy's Eddie name. Kingston yeah, like runs out, and and the, it's a it's a cool story beat because him and John Moxley like fought a bunch over the last couple months, but like Eddie Kingston like went out to save him and basically like covered him to to protect him as as the time's getting ready to expire. And what happened was essentially compared to the entrance of Gilberg in terms of the pyrotechnics and level of destruction that was on display. I, uh, I didn't get a chance to see it. I have seen a, uh, a, a exploding ring barbed wire death match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a Japanese match. Uh, a lot of those guys spent a lot of time in Japan. I'm assuming that's where they were like, well, yo, we could do that here. Um, it is, uh, it, it, it is, it is spectacle, Mm -hmm. right? Like the ring doesn't blow up, right? (laughs) But, um, but you do get, 
they they set off uh, explosives um, just outside the, or just inside the curtain, mm-hmm. and you know you trigger those explosives, and then the ring like collapses. Mm-hmm. You know, like if like if two big men do a superplex. You know what I mean? The, yes. the ring collapses on on itself. Um, look, it's 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 goofy wrestling fun, mm-hmm. and um, and if done well, looks kind of cool. Uh, but from what I from what I saw, it just looked like somebody threw out some dry ice, <laughs> and, and and they had a they had a little sparkler party. Um, I I if I could watch. AEW pay-per-views without having to pay like $50, $60, $70 for them, mm-hmm. I would. But uh I I I'm not built like that no. uh anymore. And and again, I think I think the reason that people were laughing at it is because they built it up, they like hyped it up as this big thing, yeah. this big outcome. Um, probably to a point where it was never going to to live up. It was it, it's not it's not like it like the way they were hyping it up, it was like, you know, some like like the ring is going to literally explode, right? Yeah. Like like no, it's it's not that. So it's is is it's, this it's, is this shockmaster levels of embarrassing? No, like like the shockmaster thing has layers of embarrassment. Um, because not not only did did uh did he trip over the wood in in the drywall, um, I mean the dude had on a a, a glittered stormtrooper helmet, like like that that was his fucking outfit, right? Like that gets glossed over a lot, but I think it's important to mention that like this dude the the shockmaster's helmet was literally a stormtrooper helmet that was decorated in in silver glitter. Um, and, and it had Ole Anderson's like, like weird voice done over PA as the voice of this guy. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, there, there not, nothing I don't think can, can truly top that. Um, and, and I, I'd be, sorry, go ahead. I, I don't think anyone will be talking about this, um, in a week or two. No. Whereas, you know, when did the Shockmaster thing happen? Yeah, it was 30 years ago. (laughs) We still talk about it today. Um, now that being said, I, I, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how once again, AEW has bolstered their ranks by signing two 40 plus year old guys, uh, that weren't doing anything in the WWE. And I, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to cast I mean, dispersion on either <laughs> Paul White or Christian, um, both guys that I like very much and both guys that are certainly Hall of Fame caliber talents as, as you know, Paul White described Christian as when he was teasing <laughs> that big signing. But again, I just have to point out the similarities uh, to a wrestling company from Days Your uh, who followed a similar path. I um. I see where you're going. I, I like AEW. I, I think it is. I, I just see it as an alternative. Like they keep, you know, spouting off. But I, I do like some of the things that they're they're doing. Um, I, I like that their style of wrestling is a little more, is a little less safe, but still safe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, they have uh, They have the J problem mm-hmm. where J likes to, because Jay is very proud of what he has created. And sometimes uh, Jay will hype something up 
and it doesn't necessarily, or not even hype something up. He'll advertise something mm-hmm. that we haven't really locked down yet. Mm-hmm. Like there have been a couple of instances where he's done that because he's excited and he's, you know, he's, he, he wants people to like tune in. And recently he's, he's, you know, gotten a little better with not doing that and mm-hmm. just letting things be a surprise. If Paul White came out and said that they're going to, that we got a, we got a new sign, we got a signee that's, uh, that's coming mm-hmm. and he'll be at revolution. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you kind of is a hall of fame worthy and is this and and you're hyping them up and I'm not saying Christian doesn't need to be hyped up, right? Like Christian, Christian's Christian, right? Like everybody loves Christian. But when you do that and you don't kind of give people a little wink and a nod, you get the WandaVision thing, right? right? You get the you get the oh, is it Mephisto? <laughs> Mephisto is signing with AEW, guys. Like this <laughs> is like you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody calm down. Yeah. Like we need to curb our enthusiasm and set realistic expectations. And that's what they need to do. But they again, I, 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 need, I need to point out that a company who touted themselves as being, oh, we're going to be different. We're going to be built on, on true, like the younger guys. And so, like, like Matt Hardy featured prominently in a match at this past pay-per-view. Sting featured prominently in a match at this past pay-per-view. Um, I mean, but here's the thing: are yeah. they are they getting over on these younger guys? Like, are they putting them over, or are they or are they getting put over? Right? Like, Sting ain't winning. A, Sting ain't getting a pinfall. Sting got a pinfall. Yeah. Sting got a pin. You know. Yeah, it was it was it was like a cinematic match. But you know, it, I, I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can't you can't come out and be like we're different, and then do like all the same shit that that WCW did back in the day. Yeah, well, they're, see, they're different from WWE. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say which one. That's they true. We'll take well with 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 the exception of John Moxley, we will take all the guys that couldn't cut it on t- that couldn't make it on TV, <laughs> and, and all the guys that have, whose best days are behind them from this company, and we will we will we will make sure to feature them prominently. I mean, I mean, for fu- for fuck's sake, like 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 Miro signed with them like six months ago, and the dude just got his first win on a pay per view this weekend every, every, everyone got upset when like wwe let ty dillinger go but what the fuck has sean spears yeah, done sean in AEW? fucking nothing like it's it, you know there's a yeah. the, like, like like i know i know people vincent like vincent van they love to give him shit and i understand it and some and occasionally he has missed the boat on people before but his batting average i'm just saying is pretty good and if and if someone's not working out there's probably a reason why, and it's not because of him. It's uh, it's it, for the most part, it's not because of yes. him, right? Like he sees, there's something about him that he can see when someone has something. Yes. The problem is, he likes to like this is the next big thing. Right? <laughs> this is, he's good shit, right? <laughs> and, and and look at him. He's 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 Samoan. He's got hair. He's got brown eyes. We gotta, we gotta, you know, make your eyes blue. But, 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 but you, you're Roman Reigns, right? And he's pushing them and pushing them and pushing them, and and people don't like that, right? Mm. Now look at him. Like everybody loves him. Uh, he's the best thing going. Yeah. And and he saw that in the guy. He saw it before anybody else really saw it. 
and he's trying to push it on people. So, look, I don't. I'm not the person to give Vince McMahon crap. Uh, he's been doing this longer than I've been alive. It feels <laughs> like. So I'm gonna trust that the guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I don't mind AEW. I, 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 I can really tell where they are when they make a mistake. It's a mistake that Vince McMahon wouldn't make. Yes. That is and 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 it's very very clear. Yeah. And and what's funny is that they tried like so with with this ring thing like they're trying to play it off like oh Kenny Omega like he built a dud bomb. I'm just like can you just realize <laughs> like 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 your your best move in this situation is just to fucking like new phone who dissed that situation. Right. Like, like, like just like steamroll past Just ignore that, ignore, ignore this shit. <laughs> like 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 you're not you're not going to spin this. Watch them try to storyline it now. On on TV, well, they kind of because they 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 wanted to do this because they wanted to get John Moxley off of TV because his wife's about to have a right. baby, right? So you know, like, oh, he got injured during this giant explosion, and the only reason he didn't die is because Eddie Kingston, you know, pulled a Captain America and jumped on top of him to save him. I, and, and that that's fine, but like, you, I mean, the dude literally just wrestled in a barbed wire. Exploding, de- exploding barbed wire death right. match. Like I'm pretty right. sure you can write an injury angle in in there without having to try too hard. You know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not like you have to think outside the box. Like, huh? How can we get this guy off TV? Wrestling in a match where the ring ropes are all replaced by barbed wire. Like I don't. I don't know. I just. I just can't figure out how we can. How we can write an injury angle in without exploding the ring. So, <laughs> all right, AEW. John Moxley opened his femoral artery on barbed wire, and he's going to be out for several months because he almost died. Okay, like you don't have to show that on television. Like you can just pour a blood pack on his leg and be like, "Oh my god, he cut his artery!" Like get him to the hospital quick. Oh, there you go. I just did That's it. Funny. So, uh, Johnny asks, what add-on or post-launch downloadable content made you cave in and buy a game that you originally had no interest in? Uh, for Brad, it will be the Yuffie DLC. (laughs) 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 You know, what's funny is that I don't, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a video game example of this. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, right? It's like, I didn't buy Ghost of Tsushima because I wanted to play the DLC and I didn't have interest in the main game beforehand. I like, it almost like worked as like, wow, look at what these guys are doing. This is cool. Like they deserve to have their work supported. Like I barely touched the DLC, but it's just cool that it exists. Um, Plus, you know, it's from a company that you like too. True. You know what I mean? Very true. And, and who's on whose last game before this didn't really blow my socks off. So I was curious to see what they had back at the table. Um, Mm. This phenomenon happens to be more more in analog games than it does in video games, though. Like, like, so there was a there's a game that came out a couple of years ago called Root, which is a um, it's a war game, but the the characters that like the factions you play as are cute denizens of this forest, but it's like it's like this like asymmetric like shades of politics war game that exists. But the but the art's really cute looking, so it's kind of it's a it's a juxtaposition, and the game didn't play very well with two players. But since the game came out, they released several expansions, um, including like a expansion just full of bots essentially that 
kind of simulate how the other faction, all, the, the different factions play so you can flesh out a two-player game and have more things going on in the map. And I bought, I repurchased the game recently, and it's one of my favorite games that I'm playing right now. Um, and I wouldn't have had that experience if they didn't release that expansion. So it's it, it's it's something, it's a trap I fall into in in the tabletop gaming space more than I fall into it in the video game space. Weirdly enough. Um, no, if I want to buy a game, I'm going to buy it. Like, there's no amount of uh, DLC that's that's that makes me like, well, maybe I should check that out. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm at that point, well, maybe I should check that out now that this post-launch content is here, mm-hmm. then I was going to buy that game anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, the I, closest I get- thing would be like uh, a a fighting game right mm-hmm. like oh well guile is now available for you to play as a dlc character uh or through or you know season one season pass or whatever no i already bought that game oh never mind i'm i'm glossing over the ultimate example of this for me it was when rise of iron came out it, that, that was the first thing that really piqued my interest for Destiny, which is ironic because the Rise of Iron expansion itself didn't really do a whole lot for me at the end of the day. Um, but it the 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 theme and premise around it like made me sit up and take notice of Destiny for the first time. Um, and that's kind of what got me into playing Destiny was that expansion coming out. Um, and then I just found the great world that <laughs> that, that existed as a result. So so yeah, that, that's probably the ultimate example uh for me. Uh, Matt Coco asked, does Big E have the right idea in saying that this rapper on wrestler beef does not involve, if this rappler, rapper on wrestler beef does involve the creation of a new Def Jam game, it's all meaningless. Um, for those of you that have missed uh, the goings-ons on wrestling Twitter for the last week, uh, Randy Orton and Soulja Boy are in a are in a feud right now online because uh, Soulja Boy called out wrestling as fake and many WWE wrestlers took offense to Someone from the entertainment industry criticizing <laughs> their beloved craft. If um, if you want to ingratiate yourself, ingratiate yourself into this world, like you want to, you want to be a part of wrestling, mm-hmm. like Bad Bunny or whatever. You don't do it by saying wrestling is fake. Yeah, you, you're just not. So, I mean, and, and to be fair, like. Randall Keith Orton continues to to own the internet. I mean, like, like, <laughs> Yo, I, like he would have thought he was all. It was so funny because he was trying. Like, I think he was earnestly trying to be complimentary to Soldier Boy, but he also correctly pointed out that Soldier Boy really hasn't done anything since two thousand seven, which, which which is an accurate statement. Uh, that's pre Obama, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was the last time that Soldier Boy was relevant on 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 the on the top charts. On the top 100, uh, with his first and only major hit that came out, as far as I'm aware, uh, like so that that's that's the only one of his songs that's transcended the genre for me. So, um, yeah, you're not gonna you you're, you're not gonna like because the the rumor is that those guys, him and and uh, little Bow Wow, mm-hmm. want to be involved ah. in wrestling, and um. Yeah, you're not going to do it by calling wrestling fake. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not. Like, you can have your beef or whatever, mm-hmm. but don't use the F word. And yeah. um, 
you you know you not you don't have that kind of drawing power, right? Ronda Rousey had that kind of drawing power, and they kind of were a little pissed when she was saying it. Yeah, but you know she she puts butts in seats. Nobody's going to come see Soldier Boy tell him run tell that or whatever his <laughs> name is, and Lil Bow Wow. No, no, um, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not moving tickets with with, with right. those two guys. But what uh what this question does pique my interest in is a new uh def jam type game sure and and i would actually really love if like it was a def jam type game but like with actual wrestlers in it as well Mm -hmm. like if you're going to do this beef like you know def jam versus wwe or whatever um yeah it's it's the most like it, it, it's it's corporate synergy and and just it, it's it's the worst kind of entertainment. Just two big companies like clashing, but at the same time, like yeah, I like that, right? Like I I I like and it 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 hits a little different because they're not like it's not like Marvel versus Capcom, mm-hmm. right? Because those are two video game companies. It feels like something that's ours right like no this is this is two mega corporations using using the thing that we love as 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 a thing purely to make money but at the same time like i really would like to play as biggie giving <laughs> soldier boy tell that run tell him or whatever his name is <laughs> the big ending um look real quick uh, you brought up a uh, 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 Biggie. Mm-hmm. Biggie is currently in a feud with um, the Californian Nigerian Apollo Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I don't mind the fact that Apollo Cruz has a character, right? Like he 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 finally has a gimmick. He's you know he's a he's a descendant of Nigerian royalty, mm-hmm. complete with horrible African accent. Right? <laughs> I don't mind that at all, right? Like because it gives it gives him some sort of personality other than, you know, smiling black guy. Mm -hmm. What I do mind 100%. I just, I cannot abide this foolishness is him walking around with a fucking spear. I just can't do it. I, I can understand that. (laughs) And that's 100% Vince McMahon, right? Like that's 100. Give him a spear. That's good shit. They, uh, oh, oh, those guys over there, they, uh, they, they, that's how they fight. Spears. Spears. Nah, yo. Mm-mm. Can't, can't, can't abide. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nigeria is like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the most like advanced country in Africa. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, it's not like, you know, they're walking around in grass skirts. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> with fucking. <laughs> holding sticks with metal at the end of yeah it. like you know like, I mean? like you like, can have someone be nigerian and not and not resort <laughs> to you know tribal tropes right so. that would be like that would be like kurt angle in his you know usa get up walking around with a bayonet <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> it's like come on yo <laughs> yeah like i said I, it's it's not really a situation that i can comment on from with any kind of intelligence <laughs> but i can see where that might be a problem 
I can I see where that could definitely be an issue. Listen, I'm I'm more interested in aligning him like alongside like a Paul Heyman. I don't know how that works with the whole Roman Reigns situation right now, but they they keep they keep teasing this like you know pseudo relationship with him and Paul Heyman. You know, as if it was Paul Heyman that inspired him to 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 heal out essentially. Yeah. Um. We'll end it with Jace, who brings up a topic that I've been thinking about quite a bit recently. Uh, he said, after being thoroughly disappointed with my last pre-order, Fallout 76, and seeing the cyberpunk debacle, uh, do you still pre-order games? I ask because I want to pre-order the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, but I'm gun-shy even though I have all three originals, so I know what to expect. So I am at the point now, um, based on a ton of games uh, that have disappointed folks, uh, I, I don't really pre-order stuff anymore because there's really no point in doing it. Like, like, and, and it's funny cause Sony has been harassing me to pre-order the mass effect legendary edition, uh, for the last couple of days. Cause it's in my wish list. So, you know, they're like, Oh, you can pre-order it. I'm like, I could, but I shouldn't <laughs> like, like even, even if I do end up buying the game right on day one, um, I feel like I at least got to wait for a review and I hope that reviews come out before the game releases. Um, so at least I have a, and, and I don't even care. Like, cause obviously, yeah, I've played all three mass effects. I, I know what I'm getting into. Um, I want to make sure that the game is not a buggy shithole. You know what I mean? Like, I want to make sure it's not a mess before I'm giving you $60 or however much it costs to, to buy this thing. Um, I wish I had that. Yeah. I'm say Mike, Mike, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to this question. For I mean, if it's a game that um, if it's a game that I'm like on the fence about, mm. uh, you know, like if I gave Outriders a chance, um, that Outriders would have been a game that I would just go ahead and pre-order, mm-hmm. uh, sight unseen, even before the demo came out. Uh, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, but something like Mass Effect that. I 100% know, mm-hmm. good, bad, or ugly, I'm getting that game. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pre-order it, especially if I have the money right now. <laughs> if I have the money right now, I'm going to, I'm going, because I, you know, I suffer from that, like, I, I, I don't have self-control thing, <laughs> and I don't want to spend the money on, like, food or whatever. <laughs> so, so if I have the money right now, I'm going to pre-order a game that I 100% know I'm going to buy. I'm gonna but, I'm gonna run down a list of games real quick. You can tell me whether or not you have it pre-ordered. Ready? I only have two games pre-ordered. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah. now now we're gonna turn this game around. I'm gonna guess what they are. And <laughs> and what and what well one of them's not even fair, right? Because I already know it's Mass Effect. Um, is the other game? I'm trying to think. Horizon. I'm only going to guess one more time. Got to think about this. What's coming out? I'm trying to think of what's coming out in the next uh, the next several months without cheating. Oh. I'm stumped. What's the other one? Uh, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, I, I forgot they pushed that back. So yeah, they pushed it back to June. I I was looking forward to playing it in April, but they pushed it back to June, which um, you know, it is what it is. I I, I got to tell you, um. I'm surprised that you're not like 10 pre-orders deep right now. I'm a little shocked. No, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm getting better at it. But 
I'm still going to pre-order a game that I 100% know I'm going to play. I get that. There is no, there is no reason. There, 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 there are few pre-order bonuses that are worth in this day and age mm-hmm. prepaying for something that you have no idea what the quality and I, and I'm not talking about how good or bad the game is. I'm literally just talking about functionality standpoint. We've seen, we've seen enough examples of games shit the bed on release. Cyberpunk was the last straw for me. Like when, like when that game came out the way that it did. Yeah. There's, there's no point in pre-ordering games anymore. There isn't wait for reviews to come out. Like and I'm not saying you have to wait for reviews necessarily. Like if you want to buy it on day one and they don't release a review, first of all, if they don't release a review, in advance or if the review is highly <laughs> like highly uh restricted like the cyberpunk review was that should be a huge red flag number one yeah. um yes honestly wait for reviews and again not not for the like this game is good or not just literally for the this game works as it should or not because because we've we've had far too many examples of games not being that way um to give people money up front at this point we really have yeah um, you know, Death Proof owed me would have pre-ordered that game the moment it was announced. Mm-hmm. But um, but you know, then I think about who makes it, and they make quality games. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I, they just don't. I, I I don't I don't jive with them. Um, so now I'm like, all right. I gotta see. I gotta see what people say about it, right? And before and I, before I do anything, even even Sony loop. Sorry, e- like I have no doubt in my mind that Horizon, you know, Forbidden West is going to be excellent and polished and fantastic when Sony releases it because they've never given me a reason to doubt that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Why why am I going to give them seventy dollars before the game, you know, comes out? There's no there's right. no sense. So. I, I would encourage folks not to pre-order anymore. And again, as, it's funny coming from me who for, you know, <laughs> 11 years had to, had to preach differently. Um, right. But <laughs> but no, there, there, there truly is no point in doing it. Um, pay for what you know the product is rather than what you hope it's going to be. Because there, there's – game companies have not earned your goodwill right. in this day and age to, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt. So – that is it for the post office. Thank you guys for submitting your questions. Uh, don't forget, as Micah mentioned earlier, to go to densepixels.com slash fans. From there, you can find the Discord link to join the Discord server. It is pinned to the top of the page uh, as one of the announcements. You, su- you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Please do so for us as well as all the other shows in the TNP Studios network. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels and follow us all on Twitch. Uh, I am Dense Pixels Brad, Terrence's Apparition 410, and Carrie is Suppets Carrie. Uh, whereas I think it was Ken uh, mentioned in the fan group today on Facebook, uh, where we manage to stream without dropping anti Semitic slurs, as many people can't <laughs> seem to do on Twitch <laughs> nowadays. You know what's <laughs> fucked up about that story, by the way? For those that didn't see, there was an NBA player who uh, made an anti Semitic slur during. A Call of Duty Warzone stream. The article that I saw pointing it out to me was on NBC Sports. And in the headline, they quoted what the player said. 
they blanked out all the f bombs. And, but they kept the and they kept the anti-Semitic slur. Yeah, come on, yo. <laughs> Which really shows you where NBC Sports's uh, priorities oh, are when it comes shit. to shielding people from offensive language in terms. Of wow. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but like, come on, man. Well, it's it, you laugh because because it's just ridiculous. Like it's completely exasperating that they're just like, oh, we got to make sure we censor these f bombs, but. This word is fine to to oh leave to leave uh, you know to leave just front <laughs> and center. Can you imagine any other ethnic slur that would be uh, that would be permissible from somebody? Um, honestly, the the only one that the only ethnic slur that people respect mm-hmm. is the one that starts with the N. Yeah, uh, you're probably right yeah. about that. I, I I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing more people start to respect a lot more, um, uh, like gay slurs as well, like not printing yeah. those, which is which is good to see. Um, but yeah, people really need to need need to step away from their uh, American white Christianness when they're and and consider <laughs> some things when when they're they're reporting on this information because Jesus Christ, yeah, man, like I don't know, like it's always been like acceptable to call Jewish people whatever and it just it just doesn't because because it's not one of one of you know the the seven words you can't say on TV right right because it is like okay, nah yo <laughs> nah nah <laughs> it's just it's not cool man yeah it's not cool so uh so don't you know don't use any semantic slurs and uh if you work for a blog uh make sure you censor them in, in your headlines so that's that's a lesson you can walk away from today's show with so that's it uh thanks a lot for listening and watching and we'll see you all the next time see ya <laughs>